Hey there and welcome. Are you ready to put your digital marketing on steroids? Well, you've come to the right place. This is the Impressive Digital Marketer Podcast. Digital marketing runs through our veins. So listen up to get some seriously impressive ideas for your business. Let's do this. Hi everybody, welcome to the podcast. Today you're going to be talking with Rob and Sam, lucky listeners. Uh, we thought we might do a bit of a revisit on uh, an event that we did recently, uh, just so you get a bit of a segue into who you're, who you're listening to. I'm Sam and I run the uh, sales team within Impressive. Um, I've been here for about three years, so know, know a little bit of insights as to what goes on. And then I've got the legendary Robert Tadros, who I'm sure you uh, all know plenty about, but he is the founder of the business and in-house guru on everything that is digital. So the event that we had recently was about personalizing the customer journey and about what we should be doing in 2019, 2020 and beyond really to make yourself stand out and get that edge above your competitors uh, because so many people, you know, really do neglect this process and don't really put the energy into it to become what they should and be successful like they can be. So we, uh, on the on the day, had, you know, a series of questions that were put out. Um, obviously, it was quite an in-depth event. The, the information that was provided by the speakers was was pretty intense. So we had uh, Brent Nichols from Google come across, who is our partner lead for our agency. We had Alyssa Hudson, who's one of the senior marketing managers in HubSpot. Um, and she went right down the rabbit hole on um, how we can really personalize chatbots and use them exceptionally well. And then we had Kieran Hogan, Kieran Wogan, rather, sorry, Kieran, um, who was talking to uh, Carbar. They're one of our uh, customers. Um, they've got an awesome product. And he was, you know, sort of saying what they're doing and how they're using personalization to improve their customer journey. Now, they're just in sort of, well, not, I suppose, still startup phase, but racing along and really disrupting the, the car market. It was awesome. Something to, to think about, about, you know, what does ownership cost and is the, um, is the subscription model of a car going to be a much... Uh, better model in the future, which I, I started to think after listening to him that it was. So what I might do is sort of hand over to, to Rob after a few questions. It'll be a bit of a Q&A because I had some things that I was thinking about and I, I'd like to relay them to you guys as a, as a listener because some of the things that people talked about afterwards were maybe, you know, questions they didn't have straight away. So welcome, Rob. How are you feeling today, mate? Ready for some chinwag? Thank you, Sam. Always feeling excellent, mate. So uh, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on this podcast for our listeners. And I hope by the end of it, you guys will get some value out of it and some, you know, some, some tricks and tips that you can implement into your own business and take on the journey of uh, personalization. One of the main things that sits up for me as as far as how do we really personalize the way we communicate is around emails mm. when when we're sending out emails to a customer you know it's been asked to me a lot when i've been dealing with people as well and you know it's 20 cents here 20 cents there what's what's the right answer when i when i'm doing my email marketing should it be personalized from the business itself or a person within the business 
for example, like if I'm going to send an email from Sam at Impressive, or should it be a made-up person so that it doesn't track back to someone existing within the business? Mm. Yeah, it's a very good question, Sam. Um, I think it really, for me, comes down to um, authenticity. Um, and it also comes down to where the customer actually sits within these workflows, okay? So a different parts of the automation flow, I, I think, should trigger a different response. It's not necessarily, you know, there is no right or wrong answer here. I feel that if it's the letter from the CEO or if it's a personalized email that's coming from the CEO, that it should actually come from the CEO's email. There's a lot more authenticity around that and a lot more trust. In fact, that might even trigger a, a higher open rate. Whereas if it's a personalized newsletter that's coming from the company, then that would make sense for it to come from the company itself. So, you know, I'm not saying that there is, you know, a right or wrong answer. It really just depends on which part of the funnel that they sit within and which workflow that they've been enrolled into. And that will really determine which email address they received the personalized notification from. Okay, so when when we're thinking about setting up some workflows as a as a business, as a budding uh, digital marketer for themselves, what what are common points that they might look at? Like if I if I was to set up some workflows for Impressive as how we communicate and why, what would be some basic examples for a service based business that you might suggest? Yeah, good question. So um, th there are some some very basic ones. Um, for example, an onboarding email post post sale so once a client comes on board you know what sort of workflows do they get enrolled into how are we introducing the the, the greater team to to the client there's also the, the pre-sale so you know once that prospect becomes a a marketing qualified lead you know what sort of workflows have they been enrolled into and what sort of communication are we are we sending out um, so you know essentially what is the comm strategy for them how do we foster them to becoming a um, an impressive client so taking them out of the prospect stage and more into a, a sales funnel so they're probably the two main obvious ones one which is actually quite an interesting one and it's probably the simplest one out of the out of all of them but you know when someone puts in an inquiry through through your website you know do they get enrolled into any sort of communication i find a lot of service-based businesses don't even send out a thank you email you know thank you very much for your inquiry someone's even going to be someone someone will be in touch so, you know, even just a, a very simple workflow that can be triggered based on this sub submission of the form or a contact form um, can make a huge difference to personalization. You know? I 100% agree with that. Manners are a key regardless of where we use them, but it just feels nice to get that little bit of a little trigger. Oh, just oh, an okay. acknowledgement that, yeah. you've, you know, that you, you, your, your actual form submission or your inquiry has been received. You know, can go a long way. So, and then again, depending on the interaction with that particular email, you might be able to put on there. You know, it's, it is a thank you email, but you might put in some links to some recent blogs. Hey, Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, while you while you wait for the phone call from your sales consultant, you know, here's here's a bit of light reading for you, and and that that naturally will get them onto the site to read a little bit more content. And who knows, they might even be you know that in itself might even get them to convert on different on other pages of the site or, or maybe even upsell them to different services. And this is all pre even speaking to anyone. So it's just a bit more of an authority and a bit of a, a bit of a value add. So, you know, the, the email doesn't have to be as boring as, hey, thanks very much for email. Someone's going to be in touch. That's all great. But here's some additional content that's going to also add some value. And again, as I said, depending on what they click on on that email, that can trigger other sequences and other workflows throughout the, the overall automation.
Okay, cool. And so when we're looking at, you know, if it's a newsletter, it's going to come down from a company. If it's more in the, into the service model, it's coming from someone in, internally or from the CEO. If, if it's uh, communicated from a customer, uh, sorry, a company perspective. If, if we're thinking about like an e-commerce model and we're thinking about how they want to do things as far as like abandoned carts or then trying to bring people back in to buy again, what would you suggest in, in that model? Because you're not really talking with staff members you're more talking to an e-commerce store that probably has people working in the background. So is it a similar concept or what, what would you suggest there? Yeah, so I would like to think that I've, I've mastered the e-commerce email automation strategy, given just the, the amount of e-com clients that A, we deal with and the amount of stores that I've built and, um, and sold over the years. And, you know, email for me and email automation has always been a massive revenue driver. Again, it's all dependent on the size of the database, but some of the key tips for me are, or some of the main workflows that I've, that I've run over the years is, number one, the reality is, is that every database deteriorates by about 20 to 25% every year. This is not me, me making up figures, this is fact. So the question there is, what strategies have you got in place as a business, an e-com business, to, up, you know, to, to increase that database over time? So a list growth strategy is always very important um, and that can be done via lead magnets, discount codes, free shipping, you know, pop-ups that are controlled so they don't annoy the user, you know, and obviously optimize a lot of them for conversion and engagement. Um, so, so that's probably the number one that I would highly recommend for anyone that runs any business, whether it's service or, or e-commerce, is that have a list growth strategy workflow in place you know, to top up that database that will um, it will deteriorate. The second one, most obvious, is a welcome series. Generally, we talk about a five to an email drip feed. So that happens over a two to three week period. So and that's really about engaging with the brand, okay, um, or getting them to make the first purchase. So once you've got them through a pop-up, it could be a 10% off pop-up. You know, once they enter into the ecosystem, you know, you want to get them into a, a welcome series workflow that, you know, goes over five to eight emails. You don't want to bombard them, so the more personalized it is to that user, to that user, obviously the better the, the click-through rate and so on. But it's all about just getting them to engage with the brand and, and pushing them towards that, that first purchase. Um, abandoned cart, again, very obvious one. Um, I like to do them over, and I've done a lot of spit testing over the years, but generally speaking, four emails is about enough over a five-day period, and really it's geared towards making that purchase. And, and again, it's not spamming them all with the same message. You really need to segment it based on the purchase history. Um, this is very, very important and can really determine the success of abandoned cart. So they're, they're probably the most obvious ones. I'll get into probably more the ones that um, I'm a big fan of. So, you know, you, you get the customer and that's all great and they've you know, paid you some money and you've got some money in the bank. You know, what sort of new customer thank you series have you got in place? I'm a big fan of this one. Um, it's, it's generally a one to two emails before they actually receive the product and then three to four after they receive the product. Totally, get them excited. Uh, Get them excited, you know, they've just become a customer and the reality is that, you know, customers pay the bills, so you want to keep them happy. And, and they're buying into the story, they're buying into the vision, you know, like they're buying into that that uh, brand story that you've made up and that to me is like now I'm, I'm talking to that brand as well and I feel part of that brand. Absolutely. You know, you're building out your community, right? And, and, and the reality is, is that Welcome Series really just, it's there to encourage referrals, word of mouth. Um, you know, you're creating advocates essentially in the marketplace. Um, and, and, and on the back of that, it will encourage reviews, social shares, engagement with repeat purchases or, or other products. So it's a really good series to run 
post the purchase. And I find where a lot of businesses fall over is they, they invest so much time and effort into actually getting the sale and they forget about delighting the customer after the sale. So, you know, it's not always about acquisition. It's, it's just as important, if, you know, I'd argue it's probably more important to retain those customers and actually get them to essentially spend more money with you. And we know some, some recent data showed that, you know, personalized experience has led to, a, to, 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 to consumers spending an extra 20% more than your competitor. So if I was shopping at two different um, online stores and one was very personalized to me versus another one that's very gen- generic and they was charging an extra 20%, I'll probably shop with them because it's very valid and it's very personalized to my, to my overall experience. So, you know, the consumer's telling us that, hey, I'm willing to spend more if you personalize the experience and we're sitting there going, we just need more customers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. and I was just talking with someone um, earlier <laughs> about that. You know, you, you're, I, I said to them, you, you surely you've got a seasonal element to your business because you know you've got people that are working outdoors. Why wouldn't you have emails going out that are pre, you know, that are you're, you're planning ahead for that mm. to say like, you know, autumn's coming, people are going to get cold. Look, hey, we know this is what's happening. Here's our new range and here's the specials so that you see it beforehand and target it to different states because they're all working them within different weather conditions and literally just it blew her mind mm. you know and yeah and it's amazing you know, some, some of those of. little things can can make a huge difference and i you know i think the the consumer mindset well actually not even the consumer mindset but a lot of business owners think um email marketing is you know uploading a database into mailchimp and blasting the entire database with the same message that's not email marketing that's that's 2012 that's just what 90 percent of people are doing though. correct <laughs> so i think the more segmented the more you understand your customer um, and understand their needs. Um, I know, you know, in the in the event, in the last breakfast that we, uh, the, the breakfast that we had, I mentioned the case study of Jetstar. You know, they've taken personalization to a whole new level. You know, they even understand the emotions that a consumer is going through before they make the purchase, and then they personalize the content. Yeah. So, you know, it's not about knowing their birthdays and all that. That's all great, but you know, it's you really need to get down to to the nitty gritty of why, you know, the emotional intelligence and even just in general, why people make a purchase and how do they feel post and pre and pre-purchase. And the um, thing that was most impressive about the Jetstar one was impressive. that they are selling <laughs> they're selling to a budget conscious market and yet they were able to get those people who were looking for the cheapest, cheapest flight to spend a whole lot more money via them at that time. Even exactly though right. even though they're supposedly the cheaper market. Yeah. So, so they're going with a cheaper angle, but what a lot of consumers don't realise is by the time they've actually finished that transaction, they've been upsold and cross sold three to four times. So the average art, the cart value at the end is actually a lot higher than what the anticipated cart value um, for the consumer anyway was when they started their journey. Mm. So it's just a very clever way that, that Jetstar do it, utilizing, you know, the customer experience strategy and, and personalization. Two last, well, there's a couple of more series. I'll just, um, just for the listeners, because I know they're probably thinking, you know, what else, Rob? So um, after new customer series, you've got the returning customer series. So these are loyal customers now, right? They bought from you again. We will generally put them in a workflow of two to four emails. And same thing again, it's about encouraging loyalty. It's about encouraging referrals, reviews, social shares, engagements, and so on, right? So now they're, they're proving to be loyal customers um, and they should be segmented out in like a VIP list. One that you know I use every now and then, again, depending on the size of the database, is re-engaging the subscribers. So you know, identifying subscribers who still haven't made a first purchase they're still sitting in the database and they haven't really taken action. So, you know, how do we encourage the first engagement? So their monthly emails, you know, potentially with some offers um, or, or something to really just get them across to that to, to that conversion. 
And on the back of that is just re-engaging customers that have been identified at risk. So, you know, you want to really be able to get the most out of your um, out of your database. You know, it's the most valuable asset as a business, I believe. So if you're not utilizing it and you're just sitting there and you're speaking to all of them in the same way, you, that database is going to deteriorate very, very, very quickly. Um, so there's some of the workflows that I've used in my own businesses and, and some that we use with a lot of our clients. And they work extremely well if, if they've been executed correctly. Super interesting. And you'll be able to rewind, take notes or whatever you need to to be able to jot down those steps that, that Rob went through because it's certainly going to be something that helps building out the, the plan. I guess one of the things that someone might think after that was where do I start personalizing my strategy if I don't have a lot of data and how do I go about getting it? Yeah, it's a very good question, right? I think it all starts with really understanding the persona. And, and who your customer is. I think, you know, if it's a luxury, if you've got a database, that's generally a luxury because you, you, there's a lot of data sets and a lot of data points that you can utilize to, to personalize the experience. But I think, you know, for anyone that's starting off that, hasn't, that has got a very small database, you know, we use a personalization framework here at Impressive. And again, you know, without me giving away too much, <laughs> um, it's made up of four main elements and that is understanding the persona, the signals that they leave behind, this is very, very important. So if you are running any paid social ads or paid search ads or SEO or, or any sort of online marketing, there's a, you know, as consumers, we leave a lot of signals behind. Yeah, just just what, what would you say are some common signals just that people get? Social there? shares, subscribing to databases, what we open on, you know, which emails we open and which ones we don't. These are all signals, right? So they're all data points that we can utilize to then segment out and build out our personalization strategy understanding the targets as well, as well as the experiences that they've had. So if you can sort of nail those four elements, you don't really need a database for that. That's just really understanding who your customer is and what makes them tick and what gets them over the line and where what sort of signals they leave behind. You can then start to develop your personalization strategy around that. But again, here, you know, here comes the sales spiel. This is something that we do and you know, feel free if, if you are a listener and you need some help with this to, to, to reach out to us and, and we can definitely assist. Take the headache out of trying to do it. Yeah, well, I think a lot of business owners, right? Although I've, I've been in the trenches, right, as a startup, and I know, especially if you are bootstrapping it, but the reality is you need to invest your time on running the business rather than doing the nitty gritty stuff that would probably take you a lot of time to, 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 to learn and, and execute. And, you know, time is money. You're better off just outsourcing it to an agency that actually knows and does the stuff inside out. I mean, yes, it's costing money, but the reality is it gets done a lot quicker. And with some of the personalization and automation, automation stuff that it doesn't have to be an ongoing project sometimes it's a short-term thing as well yeah again depends on the database i mean and, and the size of the business for, for, for some of the sort of smaller businesses once it's sort of set up unless you want to do any more sort of split testing for copy and headlines and that sort of stuff you can pretty much run on autopilot although i wouldn't really recommend that but you know um, for smaller businesses it's a good start as you start getting into your sort of medium to, to enterprise level it is an ongoing engagement as far as you know the amount of resources that are required to be able to get some really good returns it's split testing headlines split testing content copy the actual personalization tokens different workflows i mean you know jetstar runs something like 15,000 different workflow workflows throughout their um throughout their automation strategy and they run that across 15 touch points now again that's at the at the higher end of the scale but you know, to run that, that's not one or two people, that's a team. So it really just depends on where as a business you are in your personalization strategy and how serious you're taking it. Because the reality is this should be the number one topic for any business at the moment from a marketing point of view. So we're talking about, we're talking about automation and then we're talking about personalization, right? 
to me, automa- automation seems like plug and play, don't look at it and move away. And then personalization seems like, you know, customizing something to, to make it work. So for someone that's got these two thoughts in their head, how is it that I, I get personalization and automation to work together seamlessly and effectively? Yeah, so, so the two actually complement each other, right? They're, they're not enemies, they actually work together. Once you have defined what the personalization strategy is and what it is that you're actually going to personalize, it's very resource heavy to, to be able to do it manually. So this is where you can leverage the use of an automation tool, okay? Automation is not going to solve all your problems. It still needs human element to drive it. So you need to be able to feed it with the personalized content that is required for the automation to work. So you need to give it rules and parameters and you need to be able to tell it what it needs to do. Otherwise, it will just go off on a tangent and just do its thing. So the, the reality is, is the two do work together. You need to identify what it is that you're actually going to personalize, where you're going to personalize it, then look for a tool that can drive a lot of that behavior and a lot, a lot of this content. So they're not, you know, I know the two sort of contradict each other, but they actually do complement each other. So um, we're sort of, we're cutting down the workload, but we're not leaving the computer or the, the machines to do everything. You still need to give it parameters and, and, and a framework for it to work within. Like the, the idea is that you can just turn on a switch and, and take it away from a human. It's not the case. Yeah. That's yeah. not the case. I, I think that becomes a bit of confusion somewhere where people leave it too much up to the automation and think that, you know, the, the machines have solved the world's problems, that, you know, humans, we're still pretty smart. That's give right. Us, give, give, give us a bit we, of credit We did here. build these machines, right? So the, the reality is we, we need to have control over what we automate rather than just letting a, a robot do its thing. Oh, awesome. I, I guess we've been through a little bit around, you know, how to and and what to do and, and process so far, which is which is super interesting for me as well. Next, how personal is too personal? How, how much am I getting up in your grill? <laughs> Where am I becoming a creep? You know, like, am I looking too much? What, what What's the story there? Yeah, yeah, this is an interesting one, right? So I think as a, as a business owner and, and, and just speaking to a lot of businesses, there is a very fine line between personalizing and over-personalizing. I think as, as, a, as a business, you don't want to be creeps. You know, <laughs> there, is, there is that fine line between how much, well, what you personalize and how much you personalize. I mentioned earlier around Jetstar, you know, understanding the emotions behind a, a purchase and an interaction with the site. Now, there's a subtle way for you to automate that or, or personalize it without saying, hey, we know that when you're about to, if you're a family and you're about to book a flight, we know that you feel fear. So here's what we're going to try and personalize for you versus, you know, you and me, Sam, if we're going away for a boys weekend, for example, you know, we're pretty excited. And based on that, we can utilize we can utilize that emotion, I guess, to the personalization. So we're not literally going out to market and spelling those emotions, but we're using those emotions internally to be able to personalize the experience by saying, we understand as a young family, you know, that you, you could feel a little bit of fear by taking your kids on, on the plane and so on and so on. Um, so I think it's just more understanding those points and then being a little bit subtle about it rather than just throwing it in their face to scare them and go, oh, you know way too much information about me. Yeah, the classic Facebook. I was just talking about that and then it picked up on my phone. How does that work? Unfortunately, listeners, we cannot answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's just being subtle um, about the personalization and it's how you also you know, write the content. So there's a way for it to be written so that it's not so in your face. You know, hey, we know your birthday is tomorrow and here's a gift. 
<laughs> you know, that can be a bit, I don't know, a bit, a bit intrusive, I guess. So I think it's, it's how it's written, how, how it's positioned is really what makes, what makes the difference. So look, that's pretty much uh, us as a, as a wrap for the day. Um, super interesting. Look, the event, we will have another one very, very soon. And the last one was a packed house. In fact, it was a little bit overpacked. So the next time we'll, we'll have a bigger space. Super awesome speakers will come through again and another amazing topic with heaps of heaps of good information. So thank you, Rob, for coming and uh, talking with me on this and just to, to rehash some of the stuff. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And uh, if you've got any questions, let us know. If you need some help, please do get in touch. Call one of the team. The strategy team here, very well rehearsed in, in all of the stuff around personalization and what we can do to help you as an agency because, you know, it's a jungle out there. Uh, we've got the machete to get you through. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you very much. Position it. Thank you, everyone. See ya. Thank you.